0: up guys welcome back to another episode of soul therapy the podcast my name is daniel daytona today we will be continuing on with the upcoming 11th show me the money and the surprising dingo collab with justice as usual if you enjoyed today's episode please subscribe to our podcast on all streaming platforms and don't forget to give us that five star rating on spotify as well also for more contents please go and follow our socials at soul underscore therapy and also, please support our page on Ko-fi at ko-fi.com soultherapy. Yeah, bro. So, we've mm-hmm. got, um, you know, the second part and, I mean, like, the second list to the show me the money 11. And um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think the contestants-wise, I'm okay with it. I think uh-huh. the thing that kind of threw me off a little bit more was the producer side. I mean, I'm not too excited. Usually, it's like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think
1: this season is a little bit different in that aspect. It's... Usually you're hyped about the pro, like producers and not that hyped about the contestants, I think. Yeah. I mean, sometimes... Like, good seasons started out great, I think. Um, That's true, With yeah. one exception. Uh-huh. But usually it's different. Like, usually you're hyped by the producers, but you're not hyped by the contestants. But I think exactly. it's interesting that it is the other way around this season mm-hmm. um, because I think what Mnet has done with this new season is that uh, I don't think you're getting a pretty balanced roster of producers mm. um, because show me the money believe it or not um, did try to stay tuned into like the most underground aspect of the culture and the most mainstream of cultures right yeah they, at least they tried on the surface level. That's true, yeah. But I'm not seeing that balance this year. Um, mm-hmm. If you look at the roster, there's Justice and
0: RT. Mm-hmm. And who else was it? Remind me again. It was J um, Park and Sloan. Uh huh. There was Del Quiet and Leela Mars and Lil Boy mm-hmm. and Groovy Room. Lil Boy and Groovy Room. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All of these
1: people have experience with making commercial hits. Mm hmm. And the thing is, that's not a bad thing. Um, yeah. This is, at the end of the day, an entertainment show. Yeah. And honestly speaking, we always talked about the dependency the culture has on showing the money, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if this show doesn't isn't like sustainable in the capitalist profit sense of things, yeah, it's going to be bad for all of us. Yeah. You so, have a point there. Yeah. Yeah. So I think Mnet is trying to cash in, in a way. But mm-hmm. I don't think we can take like the most critical stance here right now because, yeah. honestly speaking, throughout the COVID era and yeah. where and underground ecology, the underground ecology depends on having live shows. Yeah, they took a very bad hit. Um, the culture has taken a very bad hit, and. still it is not the most optimal aspect of it now there's shows going on now but like
0: we need to make
1: up we need to make up for that so i think in a way i can't believe that i'm saying this but um the trickle down economics thing yeah uh i can't believe i'm saying yes to this but um it might be needed in this particular scenario yeah which is like eating mustard while crying. Because that that's all you can eat right now. I think that's a Korean idiom. Like You know the Korean idiom, right? No, actually I don't. Okay, um, there's a Korean idiom uh, saying called um, eating mustard while you're crying. Huh. Because you need to eat something, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and like mustard makes is spicy so it makes you cry, right? True. It's not the most tasteful thing to eat. Shout out to all the mustard lovers, though. Um, but <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's a Korean saying. Uh, a little bit nugget of Korean culture right there. So it's like we're eating mustard right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, what's really concerning to me is this is, I think, what Mnet is trying to do to make mm. as many hits as possible with this season. What I'm concerned with is the contestants we're hyped about, right? Yeah. They're not known for making commercial music.
0: But isn't that a good thing, though? Because at the end of the Mm. day, Show Me The Money is about hip hop performances. And over the past couple Mm. of seasons, you know, you and I Mm. were talking about how, oh, Mm. like the songs were just way too commercial. We need to get back Mm. to the basics of, Mm. you know, the kind of like like the quote unquote, the real hip hop.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And so, yeah, isn't that what you were kind of referring to? Like, that would have made sense if there was a
1: producer that was geared to that aspect. Uh It's like, if the whole point of making, like, a balance between commercial songs and having more underground tuned songs, Uh you need to be able to have producers that are willing to do that. Right. At the end of the day, I think throughout the patterns we have seen in Show Me the Money, it is not exactly about what the contestants want. It is more about what the producers... And by proxy, what Mnet wants, right? Yeah, yeah. So, even if you have, like, people like Don Malik, QM, in your roster, mm-hmm. if you put them over, like, I don't know, like, beats that Jay Park would ride, usually. Yeah. That kills the purpose, is what I'm saying. Hmm. Remember how they wasted Sokodomo's potential last season?
0: Oh, man, that was that was actually very disappointing.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like... Those aren't, I don't think those are exactly songs that Sokodomo shines bright at
0: all. Listen to
1: his albums, and it's like he makes the most left field sheet possible. Yeah, and this is what I've been always constantly saying when you have a platform that is designed to pull people over and give them more exposure, yeah, it should be the platform that is willing to introduce new stuff to the masses, not the platform making what is supposed to be introduced. Watering that shit down and making it palatable for the masses. Right. You need to be a trendsetter, not a trend follower. True. Yeah. And show me the money used to be a trendsetter, right? Yeah. Now it seems like they're more of a trend follower.
3: Yeah. And
1: yeah. And this is the great paradox. Um, Usually, when a culture has enough impact on society, it is about whether. It is about the culture making the mainstream follow the culture instead of the other way around. Yeah. And this has become more and more and more of a problem of Show Me the Money, I think, since like six,
0: season eight. I think. You know, I actually kind of think different. I thought the mm. beginning of season seven was the start of mm. like that whole mm. kind of commercial. But I know where yeah. you're coming from, but. Aside from Team uh, flow and Oxide mm-hmm. VMC, I think that was kind of the season where it started off that whole kind of like trendy or kind of that mainstream you know, yeah. success. Um,
1: and considering that pattern, I think yeah. we differ on where this trend started, but that trend is just here, right? Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, and in that aspect... Even if there was always a mainstream catering of Show Me The Money, I think that is inevitable at this point. I'm not mm-hmm. even seeking to criticize them for it. But mm-hmm. the problem is, if you look at the roster right now, I think yeah. it is signifying a trend in which um, we're not caring whether that will even happen at all. For for example, like every season there always was the hit shit, like the yeah. hit songs, right? Yeah but like you also had some sort of a uh more underground catered song that is coming out even from yeah. the same producers uh-huh because what happens is the uh, the mania the the maniac fans like yeah. the um the more underground cater the more hip hop fans quote unquote yeah they get pissed at the beginning of the season at the middle of the season especially around like episode 2 or 3 maybe mm-hmm in the final season in the finals right yeah so like the demand for that hip-hop shit begins to resurface mm. and they cater to that they actually make some songs like that like team Nafla, um Geary boy and swings did that mm-hmm. like every commercially geared um team does one or two songs like that right yeah true and they did that song because their competitors like VMC or something or, or like even like season 4Z palo Alto like because their competitors is doing that hip hop shit they need to cater to that a little bit in order mm. to compete right yeah but like if there is no grounded producer that is more focused than that level they have no incentive to do so and this is a very capitalist game nothing works without incentives right yeah true yeah this is what i'm talking about like you need at at least one team out of these four producers you need a, a underground catered team so that you have uh-huh. diversity in your like the songs you make yeah and i can't believe i'm saying this again i think i'm actually going to see that in if it happens um, uh-huh i hope i hope rt does that actually
0: Yeah, he's a mysterious one. I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about him because I kind of don't even know who he is. The only thing I know about RT is the fact that he's like a DJ and like a a prolific producer in YG. Am I right?
1: Yeah, I think that's the irony here. Um, Okay. RT was involved in the new Blackpink song. Yeah. The Pink Venom song. Mm -hmm. And oh my God, I'm I'm making so many takes today that I normally wouldn't make. (laughs) <laughs> but um, that Blackpink song is actually littered with like hip hop homages. It is, yeah, yeah. I mean, the f- beginning, like the first beginning, like uh, pi- like Blackpink, like that yeah. thing. That is an homage to Nas. Um,
2: uh-huh.
1: Major look, you know, like the song yeah. starts with "Braveheart." Yep. Like that's that homage. The first two bars of that Blackpink song is a. Notorious Big reference,
0: a Biggie Mm. reference, kick
1: in the door, right?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And then you have a hard transition to like breakbeats within the song too.
0: Yeah, that boom bap stuff towards kind of the bridge area.
1: Now, granted, I don't know which part of that song RT produced because I think that song was produced by multiple producers.
0: Yeah, Teddy was involved in it as well, right? As always. Yeah,
1: yeah, and so, and I think. This is complete speculation. I don't know the inner things about what is happening in YG. Um, But um, I think Teddy is taking more of an executive role. So Mm -hmm. probably RT was more involved in the actual writing process. Yeah. Now, if that is the headspace in which RT is in... Yeah. Like, arguably, like, it is probably going to be the most hip-hop song out there. like. When it comes to those producers we're talking about, right? Right. Because most producers in that roster right now has been taking like very mainstream flavors recently. Yeah, yeah. Then again, you never know because Justice is doing whatever he is doing these days. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. But like they're on the same team, so I don't know what the fuck they're going to come up with. But out of all the producers, like outside of Team Mechanics, um, Mm -hmm. I think RT is actually the one that is going to do that. I might be wrong. At the end of the day, he is a K-pop producer, so. Um, mm-hmm. But I think K-pop actually is beginning to take a lot more influence from hip hop these days. That's good. Like, that's good. yeah. That's, that's good. good. Yeah. So maybe like RT. That's RT's big picture here, because yeah. I honestly don't see why he's coming on Show Me the Money, but he is. So maybe that's like what he's trying to do here. Um so my hopes are on RT J Park possibly because I think yeah. um he was in this R&B space for a while but I yep, think he's he trying to was. come back. Yeah, but I think he's trying to come back to this um rap shit again. Yeah. So maybe he will be able to balance it out. I don't know who the factor will who out of these producers will have that kind of like um uh more core oriented stance in this season. Yeah. But I think it's either going to be RT or J Park. Um usually I would have suggested this, but like I think he's going in a wildly different direction these days. Yeah. Um like we're going to talk about. But yeah.
0: So I'm um it's yeah. so weird because I do think yeah. like you said about uh Jay Park and Sloan. Um have you ever listened RT. to Sloan's... um yeah. Have you ever listened to Sloan's solo project that he dropped like on Bandcamp and stuff like that? Yeah. Like when I listen to that, I feel like you're right. I think they have a pretty good shot at kind of bringing in that more hip hop flavor because Sloan has the ability to create those types of sounds, you know? Yeah. And maybe the sound may be a little bit more uh, modernized, but Sloan is a type of producer that. He understands mm. that this is a hip hop program, and I do feel like he mm. can mm. surprise us all this year, especially with J Park, because last year was Zion T, and so
1: mm. it was so weird if you think about it. Yeah,
0: like, it, it was a bit strange, but yeah. But with J Park, I feel like it'll be a lot more different. I think mm. J Park did have a collaboration album with Sloan. It was like a little mini EP. I thought it was pretty good, mm. but I think. Mm-hmm. Out of all the teams, I do think Jay Park and Sloan and hopefully RT and Justice, has like mm. kind of like that the hip hop yeah. mindset, that space.
1: Yeah. Um. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, I am kind of like radically anti gatekeeping, mm-hmm. which sounds weird, I know, but um, the reason why, like, I actually think this stance that I'm taking is anti gatekeeping is because. Um, I think we didn't get there in the first place yet. Mm. Like gatekeeping means that um, you're basically trying to keep the culture going because it is mainstream right now, but it has never actually been mainstream in the first place. Yeah. So in, in other words, I think I'm actually trying to like this stance is basically concerned about actually breaking into the gate rather than gatekeeping. Uh huh. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and like, it's not like exactly we're seeing like American mainstream hip-hop in Korea either. Yeah. In like, our billboard and stuff like that. Uh Uh-huh. So, I don't know. Because when it comes to Sloan, like, I think he was such a wild card last season. He really was, yeah. He made the most hip-hop song out of all those songs. But then he also like... Yeah produced the most non-hip-hop song out of all of them. Yeah. Which was like, huh, this is really puzzling. Maybe he's trying to, like, broaden his spectrums or whatever. Uh-huh. And from what I know, Zion T made a new label too, right? Yeah, Standard Friends. And I think
0: Sloan is involved in that, right? Yeah, I think so. I don't think he made the yeah. announcement yet, but I do think Slum is going to end up signing to that label. Yeah. So,
1: like, they need to look for grounded artists, I think. Yeah. Because otherwise, if I think Zion T at the end of the day, um, while he makes very commercially tuned stuff when he's in Show Me the Money, yeah, his own when it comes to his own music, I don't think he really caters to that mainstream shit anymore. Yeah, um, uh-huh. he really doesn't fucking care. Um, I think when it comes to, but the problem is that like, if the Zion T and Stone connection is there, yeah, they're gonna be looking for grounded artists, not mm-hmm. like one hit wonders. Of course, yeah. And I think throughout the seasons of Show Me The Money, we have seen a lot
0: of one-hit wonders. Oh yeah, no doubt, for sure.
1: Yeah. So, um let's see where this happens. Um because it's so like Korean hip-hop right now is just so unpredictable. Um like we're going to talk about on the next topic right now. Oh yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> um because we have, I think, we passed a very rough period in Korean hip hop because of yeah. like so many artists like actually fucking up in their life. Mm. Um, but like, I think we're past that right now. I think with the legit goons stuff, I think that yeah. shit is gonna stop
2: mm-hmm. because
1: I think legit goons was really a the legit goons shit like yeah. was kind of a calling call mm-hmm. in Korean hip hop saying, yeah, yeah, I think we have we got a little bit too far with this like mm-hmm. this shit. So I think now we're left with like a different set of problems about mm-hmm. what is the culture in the first place.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Yeah, um it's not about like artists personally fucking up their lives anymore. It's more about the direction that the culture yeah. is going in. Um and this analysis is just it's going to take so many episodes to actually get into it, but um in general I think there's a sense of like a paradigm shift of sorts.
0: Yeah, okay. Mm. Yeah, uh moving on to the this weird dingo collaboration with justice and <laughs> justice yeah. um guess moving or tapping his feet into the ballad genre, I guess that's you would want to call it, but
1: Yeah. I mean I think
0: uh, this was Look, weird, bro. Maybe it's tap.
1: it's like, <laughs> I don't know if it's dipping your feet in. Uh-huh. Or, like, just going full head-on to it. I have no idea. But what is concerning to me is, like, this is the kind of behavior that I yeah. have seen when artists are kind of imploding. Yeah. Uh, I really genuinely don't have any expectations for his next album anymore. Do you remember, like, Kanye releasing, like, Lift Yourself? Scoop Yes. This is that shit. This is uh, exactly yeah. that shit in my idea. Like in my head, like yeah, this is like Justice's Scoobity Poop. Um uh, so a bit of context, I guess, to mm-hmm. those who are not familiar. Justice was our Kendrick Lamar. Mm. Put it short. Like he was our Kendrick Lamar. Every mm-hmm. hip hop has always been very tied with the idea of liberation in a way. I think. Mm-hmm. And every country has its own version of what we call the oppressed class yeah. or systems of oppression. Uh-huh. And in Korea that is mainly capitalism. Mhm. And so this idea of selling out is actually more I think a problem kind of problematic stance in Korea than other countries when yeah. it comes to culture.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Because In other cultures, I think there's different ways of handling um, what we call selling out. Yeah. Uh, For example, you wouldn't, I think, I don't think necessarily like black empowerment leaders are bashed upon for going on TV because, um, not because um, necessarily America is more forgiving, Uh but it is because that is not the first objective that comes to mind. Right. But, Going out on TV has a different context in Korea, I think. It's because mm. normally we were and we kind of still are a very homogenous country. Yeah. Although that is beginning to change and it yeah. should change for the better. Um, so when it comes to context and how people look at things, hip hop has had this anti-media stance for a, a while. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, because what happens usually is you begin to be more exposed in mainstream media and your music begins to change. Because Mm. speaking of Korea, like we don't, we never had like a very strong underground presence ever, I think. I mean,
0: we did have an underground presence, but like you say, it wasn't like prolific, I would say.
1: I mean, it's not the art form that was the problem. Uh-huh. I think it
0: was the industry.
1: Like we didn't mm. have a under uh, let me change that. It's not underground music that was the problem. We didn't have an underground ecosystem. Was it the move or the movement? The e- yeah, we didn't have an ecosystem. Hmm. We always talked about like how America can have or like western countries have better access to um underground culture because the sheer difference of population, right? Yeah. Touring in one state in America is going to get you way more money than touring the entirety of Seoul. Yeah, or the entirety of Korea, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Right. True. So speaking, yeah. So it's a population problem, but mm. which means that in order to, for you to get the exposure enough to um, be able to put table of uh, food on your table as an yeah. artist. You needed to always be able, um, you needed to like have connections in the industry. You needed to be able to contract for major labels, and yeah. stuff like that. So the whole independent as fuck stance is pretty hard to keep in Korea. It's yeah. infinitely more harder to do that in Korea than in the, for example, the States or course, even the yeah. UK or in Europe. Yeah. And because of this situational crisis that we have, yeah. we didn't have a sufficient underground ecosystem that is self-sustainable, Yeah, which means there was too much power in the hands of what we call record executives. Mm, you need to yes. be able to make records on their terms or you get yes. dropped from your label, which uh-huh. wouldn't be as big of an issue in America, although it is sure going to be. Of but course. in Korea, it means you need to give up being an artist. Yeah. Okay. Now, do you see why this is viewed as a structure of oppression, right? Mm-hmm. This is a result of direct capitalism and, mm-hmm. like, and the capitalism not being able to foster cultural diversity in a population that is so dense, but like, yeah. not big at the end of the day? Yeah. Okay. Now, hip-hop in this stance has always had a very underrepresented kind of presence in Korean popular culture yeah, especially underground hip hop mm-hmm. because it wasn't quote unquote marketable. Yeah. And this was in a way, resulted in sort of a cultural renaissance during the first 20 about the first to the middle half of the 2010s uh-huh. even to the end of the 2010s to a certain extent, because artists were basically desperately trying to prove themselves artistically. Right. culturally. Uh Uh-huh. So that um, because in this small pie we had, you need to uh, be able to prove yourself to the underground fans. True. Yeah. Think about, like, the 2000s underground or, like, grime around the era of, like, I don't know, Skepta. Yeah. And Justice was the guy that was supposed to keep all of that and elevate hip-hop culture into the mainstream. Mm Mm-hmm. That was why he was so highly regarded within the underground. He of was course, the yeah. guy to drop a fucking amazing mixtape and even mm-hmm. top that with his first debut studio album. Yeah, And that whole narrative of that studio album was that he's going to conquer all of the underground and be the savior.
2: Yeah. That's
1: the actual, that's the lyrical, that's his exact lyric. Yeah. I conquer and um. what's the... And deliver. What's the... And exactly conquer and deliver. That's was his exact lyric, right, and that was what the entire first album was about. Mm-hmm. So we, the underground fans, were like, "This is the guy. This yep. is our Kendrick Lamar." Right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Remember how after Kendrick like dropped "Good King Massity and "To Pimp a Butterfly," like yeah. being conscious became cool and everything. Mm-hmm. And somehow, and Lupe did the similar thing in the two thousands. Yep. Yeah, this was our Lupe fiasco. This was our Kendrick Lamar. Do you understand what he was... Yeah, yeah th- that was basically the narrative of justice. The guy who will put hip hop culture into the forefront of Korean culture without having to water shit down. Yeah. That's not what happened. <laughs> um, yeah. This is where uh, things get tricky. Uh, now, during this process of bringing the underground to the mainstream masses,
2: mm-hmm. there
1: has been a lot of infighting about methodology, basically. Yeah which is remarkably similar to revolutionary politics in world history, but that is for another day. Um, But basically, um, this is when the question of should we be pro-media or anti-media became a problem. As long as, quote-unquote, good hip-hop, although I don't like this terminology because this is actual gatekeeping, Uh what we call underground hip-hop, like should we be pro-media or anti-media was a very big thing like mm. until the end of the 2010s right and this is where the whole vmc and justice beef became a problem right i remember that yeah yeah and it was like basically just this dissing vmc for going on showing me the money selling right? out and selling out quote-unquote selling out um and vmc basically struck back saying that our music never changed yeah we had a bigger platform but our music fundamentally didn't change was their stance exactly right? Now, the same exact critique can be applied to Justice. Exactly. Yeah. But I think, in this case, Justice is actually worse. Hmm. VMC's problem, in a way, uh, was that they had a very vehement anti-media stance. They did, Anti-media yeah. stance. Yeah, they, they were known for their, their anti-media stance. But they just sold out. Hmm. Um, but they sold out their platform. I don't think they ever sold out their music. Never. Look at their albums, right? Uh-huh. They're very consistent. I mean, consistent. sure, there are features here and there or whatever. Yeah, but like basically what they're trying to do is did they actually did that to bring like what we call underground hip hop to the masses. Exactly. Justice is different. His music changed. Completely. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So in an age of where anti media stance is being questioned, yeah. And everyone is going pro media. Uh-huh. At the end of the day, what is important is what they're going to deliver with that platform. Yeah, Justice going on Dingo Freestyle and delivering oh, yeah. a ballad song. Oh yeah, is not selling out. He's kind of killing his past self. Mm. He's denying everything that he used to be. Yeah, there's a difference between having slight changes in your ideology or. Or your stance so that you can keep your core intact. Exactly, yeah. That's what VMZ did. Mm-hmm. What Justice is doing is like taking out the core and putting something else in. Yeah. Which is, I think, pretty objectively worse. I don't look at, at the end of the day, like I always said, Daniel, and like to every person out there. If the platform is going to change, you need to make sure your content does not Exactly, Yeah. This is how you survive under capitalism, in a way. Um, capitalism forces you to compromise your ideals. Yeah. And uh, what do you have to say? Um, at least your goals shouldn't change, is what I'm saying. Yeah. But Justice shifted the goalposts so hard. I don't think he gives a fuck about the culture anymore. I think he meant. I think he addressed that in the in his new EP, actually. Wow. And. Even the hip-hop EP he dropped before yeah. he dropped these ballad songs. Uh-huh. And I was actually like, when I was listening to the lyrics, he's like, oh, like, this guy is trying to kill his past self. Yeah. Um, The stance is just so different. Like, he used to say, conquer the culture and deliver, but the li- exact lyrics in, this, in the second EP is like,
0: I don't give a fuck about the culture anymore. Can you believe that, bro? What you just said, can you believe and that? Like, That's
1: crazy. Because in a way, like, when I saw VMC, although I very hardly critiqued their stance back in the day, uh-huh. and like I truly believe they were hypocrites. Um, mm. I think they are making up for it in a way. Yeah, of course. Because like I said, their music we're in this culture changed, at man. the end of the day for good music, yeah. right? I don't think we're going to get that from just this. And I honestly am very concerned about the Selken album's quality because... I have seen so many artists, not just in hip hop, but in general, like do weird ass, like this hard ass selling out shit yeah, and cater to a completely different audience because they're not as confident in their new stuff that is coming to come out. Yeah. Look at Kanye. Why do you think like he has always been part of the Christian community? I get that. Yeah. But like, why do you think this is how I look at things? Like, why do you think he began to cater to like blatantly alt-right audiences? Hmm. I don't think the music is in him anymore.
2: Hmm.
1: Like, Donda sucked. Like, it's Donda, I don't care, but Donda 2? Oh, like yeah. That shit sucked. Jesus is King sucked. You know what I mean? Hmm. Every time an artist, there's a difference between expanding your fan base mm-hmm. and, like, completely switching your fan base. Hmm. And usually that happens because they're not confident in their art anymore. Yeah. I think that's what's happening here. I think he realized that he bit off more than he can chew with Mm. that first album. And that collaborative album with Palo Alto, that was a good album too.
0: Oh yeah, that was actually really good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so it was like, okay, he conquered the underground. But I don't think he has enough confidence in him or I think he realized that it can't deliver.
0: I mean, for me, it's like this. When you talk about VMC, and you know how you said, like, their music mm. never changed? Look at them. They're mm. so consistent with their recent collaboration project with uh, yeah, Fre- uh, Deja Vu with Diesel and Freddy Casso. Like, mm. dude, they're, like, even going mm. back to their older roots. Or they're even taking influences from Griselda or, you know, like, The Alchemist and stuff mm. like that.
2: And, yeah. and
0: then look at just this. Like, what is he doing right now? He hasn't dropped, like, an actual studio album yeah. in, what, how many years? And he just drops his little...
1: I think the fame got to him.
0: and then the little, I really and, think and the did. little EP that he dropped, like to be honest, that little EP I, don't, I didn't like any of the songs to be honest with you. I wasn't a big fan of it. Mm. It wasn't for me. And yeah, you know, might I say, like it, it might be for a lot of yeah. people who like justice, but for me, it wasn't it because it wasn't the justice that I was looking forward to.
1: Yeah, and I think that's the problem we're facing here. Because if you look at um, okay, now now this is like an entire discog- like analysis of his discography and yeah. his basic artistic stance. I think the core of Justice's music was never ideology. Like I know he said "divide it," uh, not "divide it," conquer and deliver. Yeah. But I think that was not the core of his ideology. Yeah. I think he doesn't have a core when it comes to ideological aspects. His music has always felt incredibly nihilistic in my eyes, mm. and that's what I liked about it. Um, but the problem of nihilism is that it is incredibly influenced by the environment around. Of course, you. yeah. Um, especially in the artistic yeah. sense, there's a difference between saying um, "fuck, nothing is go- like I hate all of the world because I'm fucking poor," yeah. and "I hate all of this world because I'm fucking yeah. rich." Now. The first dance becomes is incredibly relatable. Mm. Um I think everyone at their certain aspect in their lives were broken because of the material conditions around them. Even if you're like rich. Exactly, yeah. in your earlier stages of life, I think. And I think that's why people were so related to his music. But now just this is materialistically speaking in a complete another level than most of Korean people. Uh-huh. Um He's rich as fuck. Yeah, he has all the fame. Like, like, basically, he became like, he became a superstar, right? Yeah,
0: essentially.
1: And I think this is my opinion. Um, I think a lot of them lose their merit once they beginning to be complaining about their status. Hmm. You know how like you can't. There's only so much you can take about like, oh, I'm so rich. I'm not happy, though, kind of thing.
2: The Drake thing.
1: (laughs) I think that's basically what's happening here. And we had too many features of justice, I think, too. And I think he he was lost in a way. Um, This is an assumption. Mm. But like he ran out of things to say except being egotistical as fuck. His music went from being offensive to the system to being defensive of the system. Mm. And people were gravitated to him because he was on the offensive against the system. Now he's part of the system. He's actually banking in very hard with the system. Which is very unfortunate. And I think he's come to the realization that he can no longer attack the system anymore. He likes the money and fame too much. So he's really leaning into being a defensive position in the game. He's shitting on people that is critiquing him. Right? Mm. He's completely the 180 when it comes to his lyrical, like, philosophy. Mm-hmm. And he's doing the most absurd shit, which is basically going to sing ballads. Which was basically most... What most hip-hop fans were sick of during, like, the start of this culture. Mm. The hip-hop culture that we know in Korea started out as a rebellion against the system. And somehow it still is. Yeah, But, like... Singing Korean ballads is what no Korean rapper ever did, but that is like the worst sellout you can fucking be. What a story, huh? People have always made like yeah, people have always like in Korean hip hop history made softer songs, but not like, or like more R and but not like songs, straight up ballad. But they never went yeah. full ballad. Yeah, like I know it sounds like shitting on some other culture, but this is like Korean ballads are truly like a pinnacle of what mainstream capitalism has done to America uh, into Korean culture mm, I think yeah Um, and a lot of people in Korea are sick of that
0: shit I wouldn't be surprised imagine
1: though. like you have to listen to like Richard Marx songs for the rest of your life mm. that will like you, you'll want to kill yourself I don't care Um, and that's what like genre music is has been doing in Korea for like ever since the underground existed hip-hop or not hip-hop whatever yeah. There was a serious lack of diversity in Korean music genres Uh and punk musicians, indie musicians, uh, rock musicians, hip hop musicians, jazz musicians, like all of these non-Korean ballad songs and genres were trying to push back against that. That's how you got K-pop because K-pop draws influence from a lot of different genres. Doing a Korean ballad is, like, such a fucking sellout to the point, like, you're going back to, like, the 80s or 90s with this shit. And it's, like, this is truly an amount of selling out that I can't understand. Mm. I understood when VMC Mm -hmm. did it. Fuck. To a certain extent, I even understood when AOMG Mm. did it. Right? Yeah. In fact, I don't only understand them now. I think, like, they were not wrong. They are putting out good music at the end of the day. Yeah. Right? But, like, this is, like, not just a variation or, like, even bastardization of a culture. This is departure from the culture. This is, like, you benefited so much out of being, like, the poster child of the culture. And now you're leaving all that shit behind because, like, you can't take criticism? Very legit criticism? It's, like, all right, you live your life, but,
0: like... That's some cowardly shit in my eyes. I mean, look, I mean, at the end of the day, you know... He went full Stalin. It's his, you know, it's his decision, <laughs> you know. If he wants to go in that route, it, you know, that's his decision. But it's yeah, it like... it is. Almost, in a way, contradictory. From the first... Yeah, that's from the f- point, From the start Mike. to where he's at now. It's like, after all the things that you yeah. said in your mixtapes...
1: It's like a completely different person.
0: It's kind of like...
1: And... I feel like there's, like, no value. When I look at VMC shit, it's like... When you listen to the lyrics now... And when you listen to the lyrics back then... I get, okay, you changed as a person. I can get that. Not changed as a person. It's more like you changed as an artist... But you didn't change as a person is what I got. This is just like... Who the fuck are you? Yeah. And it's like... I think most people... I think the absolute majority in the Korean hip-hop community... Actually, is, like, not taking this well. Yeah, I mean... This is a degree of selling out to the point where um, we are not accustomed yeah. to. Um, <laughs> and the point is, I think him selling out is indicative of such a huge paradigm shift. Yeah. Um, because whether I like it or not, he is incredibly influential. Yeah. And I think uh, the 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 saddest thing I saw in the comments in my community was... Um, I think if you're serious about things... Yeah. You're an idiot. Um, That's what the comment said. Like, being serious about something and caring about something is stupid, is what the comment was. That's what the comment said. And it's like, and it got so many likes, too. And like I said, Korean underground culture is incredibly influenced by by the online community, Mm -hmm. right? And it's like, I don't believe in that, but I can't refute it in a way. And this is not just hip-hop's problem. I think we are living under such a competitive... Not competitive in the sense of meritocracy, but competitive in the sense of capitalism. It's not about being a good rapper anymore. Yeah. It's about being the most profitable rapper. Which is sad. It's incredibly sad. This is why I always make an argument against capitalism. Mm. That some people always say like, ah, capitalism is about incentives and meritocracy. No, it is not. Um... You saw *Talk on Maverick? I have not seen it. Okay. So *Talk on* is basically about... Uh, it's American propaganda. It uh-huh. is. But um, it is basically about an ace pilot. Yeah. Yeah. I think everyone gets uh-huh. the gist of that, right? And that thing is a right-wing movie. Interesting. Believe me, like it is a very it is a staple of like the right wing culture of the Western Hemisphere and more specifically America. But I still like that film for what it is. Because yeah. number one, um, it is a fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't front. That's that was a fucking amazing movie. The action sequences and everything. But I think that film actually unintentionally had some left wing context in it Mm. it wasn't anti-capitalist but it didn't exactly tie capitalism with conservatism let me explain in that movie it is not the value that is about that movie i think is about being the best pilot Mm -hmm. or making the best plane Mm -hmm. i have nothing against that i think self-improvement is good Hmm? of course and i think everyone should pursue their talents Under capitalism, I don't think this is the case. We're not talking about uh, being the best pilot. We're not talking about being the best engineer. Yeah. We're talking about, in our society right now, we're talking about who can hire the best pilot. Yeah. We're talking about who can hire the best engineer. Mm-hmm. It's about buying the best plane, not making the best yeah. plane. This is not meritocracy in my eyes. Because no matter how you get the money, be through inheritance or be through finance, that shit is going to supersede actual meritocracy. Mm. Do you see what yeah. I mean? And I think that's the fundamental problem of late stage capitalism. Whether you're going to completely disavow capitalism or whether you're going to reform capitalism, I think this is the issue of society today. Mm. This is where the whole crypto bullshit comes in in my eyes. Yeah. Right? yeah. It's about making the right investments instead of cultivating your talents. True. And to be honest with you, making the right investments oftentimes is not dictated by talent, it is dictated by fucking luck. Yeah. And what kind of conditions you were born under. Now, coming back to our original story about this, um about this incident or like happening or shift of paradigms. I think this is becoming the problem. It's not about making the good music. Yeah. It's about how viral you exactly. can go. Exactly. It's about, yeah, it's about how marketable you Mm -hmm. are. And that is beginning to replace meritocracy, Mm. ironically speaking. The incentive has become more important than what you're actually trying to achieve with that incentive. Mm. And honestly, that is not just a problem of hip hop, like I said. It's our dominant ideology of this era. That's the dominant cultural hegemony. It's, in a way, the most ultimate form of nihilism. I don't give a shit about what your art is, or like, I don't give a shit about what you feel from your art. Can I make a buck off of it, is our central question right now. Mm-hmm. This is how... Yes, yeah, it's, it's important. This is how even... Yeah, and that is how even good art is ruined. For example, I'm a big fan of abstract mm-hmm. art. I love postmodernism. But it is also true that trust fund children from the Upper East Side, make the most vain shit there can be and sell that shit off of like for a million dollars. Same goes for still life portraits, believe it or not. If rich people that are well-connected make the most generic-ass still portrait of an Apple or something, that shit gets sold with a million as Mm -hmm. well. It is not about marriage. This is why I'm so frustrated with people. They people always say like, uh, capitalism is like if in order to have meritocracy, you need capitalism. No, capitalism is ruining meritocracy. Mm. Capitalism is keeping people who have the actual good talents be barred from getting the right exposure. Mm-hmm. We need to reform this. Yeah. If if you don't believe in a complete upheaval of the system, and I'm very skeptical of that as well, we need to be able to reform this shit. Yeah, and that happens. With dismantling the industry to a certain degree, yeah. right? But that is an incredibly hard thing to do. No one artist can achieve that. Yeah. Going back to our original point, I think that was what Justice was trying to do. Or maybe at least like sell himself as the guy who's going to do that, dismantle the industry, and put it back together in a way that actually is about meritocracy. Hmm. He obviously failed. So now what he's trying to do is redefine what meritocracy is even in the first place. It's not about being the best rapper. To him, it's about being the most well-known rapper out there. It's not about albums. It's just him, justice as a person. It's about making more money. The richest rapper is the most uh, meritocratic rapper to to his standards right now. He became the villain. Hmm. He went from hero to a villain. He went full Dark
0: night and not in a good way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really unfortunate. His music is
1: filled with stupid rationalizations, too. And it's like, I, it's really hard to listen to him. Despite the great performances, I think he did rap well on oh. that. But like, as songs, as, a, like, as an entire art piece, it's so vain. I don't get what he's trying to say. Yeah. And... Honestly speaking, it's not about not even getting what he's saying. I don't like what he's saying, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and because we relied so much him on him as a culture, we betted on the wrong guy, is what I'm saying.
0: Yeah. We
1: betted on the wrong guy.
0: Yeah. I mean, hopefully, you know, he can redefine himself or re- try to uh, rediscover himself, I guess is what I wanted to say. Hopefully he can redis- rediscover himself into the old Justice. But, um, you know, if that's the route that he wants to go into, you know, let him be. That's his decision. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. you know, it's not like Korean hip-hop is gonna day, like yeah. crumble or anything like that because Disappear of one person. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm not, like, too concerned I with you, it, so.
1: I think you touched on an important point there. Maybe, like, It isn't about just this selling out. Maybe it is the culture relied so much on him. Yeah. Maybe that was the problem. Instead of like creating an ecosystem of our own that can elevate all of Mm -hmm. us, maybe we took we put too much faith in select number of people to do that for us. And that is a that is our mistake in a way as fans, I think. I think we need to reevaluate like what we what fandom should do for the culture in a way it's not about supporting people who are rising above you it is about making sure that have we have a very solid like platform so that no particular has to rise no particular person or artist has to rise for us Mm -hmm. it's about making our own established alternate order of sorts if the mainstream system sucks we don't try to make the mainstream cater to us. We just make a different entire system. Maybe that's how we should have approached this. Yeah. Um, and I think it's not just about music. I think I think that can be applied to so many um, other uh, aspects of our lives. But when it comes to music, and when it comes to K hip hop especially, I think that's what we should have done. Yeah. But uh, well, we obviously did it, um, and. When we were trying to, COVID happened and everything got fucked. Yeah, yeah. so this was a bleak episode. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, it wasn't bleak. It was just more, it's just weird and just kind of, uh, It's it was more mm. of like confusion, like meh, kind of. Mm. Not, it's not even an issue. It's just more of just like, okay, like kind of just like, why is he doing mm. this? If he's going to do it, then kind of just let him be. And so... Hopefully, you know, you can redis- rediscover into the old Justice. And as we begin to slowly wrap up mm. our show, as usual, any artists or tracks that you're currently listening to and would like to share or recommend to our listeners? Um, my recommendation is actually very
1: connected to the topic we had today mm-hmm. about here, about Justice. The re- album I'm going to recommend is JJK's Unofficial Record 3. Such a great album. Yeah, um, JJK, for those who don't know, is... A staple figure in Korean yeah. hip hop. You know, in like action films, like there's always like the yeah. character that helps the protagonist by kind of being their yeah. mentor. Like Albus Dumbledore. Albus Dumbledore, uh Morpheus in yeah. the Matrix. Um, who else is there? The Bowery King to John Wick, the Karate or Kid, or the Karate Kid, yeah, Mr. that kind Miyagi. of thing. JJK is that kind of figure in Korean mm-hmm. hip hop. Um in Korean hip hop there's something called rap lessons. Yeah. Now I know it sounds lame <laughs> but it really does. Like I think in a western perspective it will look lame, but I think this is one like aspect of the culture that I'm actually very proud mm. of. Um it is a form of mutual aid yeah. of sorts. Although there is monetary transaction, I think because hip hop especially underground hip hop is in such a disenfranchised franchise position in society uh-huh. there is a sense of camarader- camaraderie camaraderie. <laughs> camaraderie thank you thank you <laughs> camaraderie that is built during these processes like they don't just teach like good rap lesson teachers don't just like teach them rap yeah. but like i think they kind of guide artists into um how to make good albums yeah. and stuff like that and they financially actually help them if it seems like it seems if it seems like they're yeah. ready of sorts and this has been abused so many times like rap lesson culture has been abused so many uh-huh. times in korean pop you have there's no so many reports of like mainstream rappers yeah. um scamming people who want to be rappers uh-huh. and shit like that i'll not go into detail because i don't want to be sued but um uh, <laughs> Even the rappers you know, like, uh, quite a few of them have records of, like, scamming people. Mm. But JJK is not like yeah. that. JJK is actually renowned for being that kind of teacher yep. figure in Korean hip-hop. A lot of artists that you know have gone through his mentorship. Mm-hmm. Don Malik, Bryn, I think Swervy was also oh, taught wow. by JJK. So, like, their fundamentals especially have been, like... Gone through JJK's mentorship. Wow. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. For example, there's this episode JJK had about Dama Leak. And Dama Leak sounded too much like Essence when Dama came to learn from yeah. JJK. And what JJK said was the entire lesson curriculum was basically trying to deprogram Dama de-program Leak of his e ness Right? And now Dama is a fucking amazing yeah. artist. And the point is. JJK has never been in the game for like money I yeah. Also, he didn't try to be this revolutionary figure either. Right. I'm not trying to like bash on revolutionaries. I obviously like them, but um I think JJK's presence, like those kind of yeah. people are what prop the culture up in mm-hmm. a way. Um being able to uh cultivate revolutionaries. Yeah. And cultivate, like, people who are going to change things is just as important as changing things. Of course, yeah. Right? Every revolutionary in history had some sort of teacher. True, yeah. But the point is, like, those kind of positions that JJK Mm -hmm. has, they don't get the best compensation that capitalism has to offer.
0: But they're still doing it. It's because the passion is there, man.
1: And they have pride in that, right? And... The thing is, he's such a fucking amazing rapper, yeah. too. If he... Like, he's the... Probably, like, when it comes to, like, being a rap technician, yeah. like, he's top five, mm-hmm. I think. Um, he's, a, he's an amazingly gifted rapper. And, like I said, going back to my original point about meritocracy, I think that is what meritocracy should be yeah. about. Actually being good as a mm-hmm. rapper. He's not marketable. He's not, like... And he takes pride in that, Mm -hmm. you know? And Unofficial Record 3 is, like, he has so many albums, too. Like, about seven? Wow. That is a rarity in Korean hip-hop, too. Like, like I said earlier, Korean hip-hop rappers don't usually make many albums. True, Especially, like, people like JJK. But anyway, he has been always in here for the culture. And I think people are waking up to the fact that, yeah, this is the kind that actually should get the props. Um, and unofficial record three is a very good case for that. Um, it's usually built around these drumless samples yeah. and everything. Griselda sounds. And yeah, but, um, I think a brighter tone yeah. rather than a very, yeah. I th- And I think that's a very good example of localization. Uh-huh. We don't exactly have like, I mean, we do have our share of like very dark neighborhoods and everything, yeah. but I don't think that's what Hongdae is. Hongdae is very lively Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. It's more bohemian than Harlem, and I think it reflected that very Uh well. And the rapping is just a one. The features killed it. Kundi Panda had like it was that that verse was insane. uh,
0: DJ Rex on there was just as amazing.
1: Yeah, that too. Yeah, so like every feature on
0: that record killed it.
1: Um, I think. It is such an important album yeah. to come out in this period of time when paradigms are yeah. shifting and people are under, like, kind of like an identity crisis mm-hmm. of sorts. And I always gave JJK props, but I just didn't think he was this important of a figure. But I'm kind of waking up to yeah. that right now. So, uh, Unofficial Records 3, um, are there the English titles? Yeah. Um, track. Let me pull it up real quick. Um track number three. Mm. I think. It's basically about he's he's trying to define what his rap is, what he's rapping for, yeah, I free think. Free lesson. Free lesson is the one with Kundipata yeah. 2. That's rap, track number four.
0: Oh, four is dead words. Um, track four is dead words with HS, Diesel, Simbazawa, or so, oh, so a Okay. I didn't I fail, I forgot to mention this. Uh, the
1: Korean version has one more track oh. on it because the foreign version, um, track number two was deleted oh, okay. for like like clearance reasons. Okay. So actually, um, what I'm talking about will be in track number two in streaming platforms. Okay. What's the track called? Bars Be Like. Yeah. Bars Be Like. Yeah. Every song on this is majestic, but like I really liked that mm-hmm. track. Um, look at the lyrics. You'll see what I mean. Yeah, that much, that is my recommendation for today. Prost to JJK. He dropped an amazing album. Um,
2: great,
0: yeah, for sure. Um, that's a great one. I, mm-hmm. I love JJK as well. And for me, I chose Jun and it was a double single in preparation for his new album. And yeah. the song is called "Over Adaptation," and it's the the single is called "Translation Addiction." And man, mm-hmm. Joon... For those that don't know, this, this cat is something else when it comes to mm. he he's almost kind of like in the similar route of kind of JJK, but more obscure, I would say. I would say Eonju's a lot more obscure mm. as a rapper. Um I do know that he did apply for Show Me the Money Eleven. But um mm. he's an artist that people need to keep an keep a close eye out on because I mean the way he raps and the way he delivers, it's it's like the perfect balance of kind of like this obscure but alternative and kind of conscience too. I would say because this song over adaptation is very industrial. It has like this very noisy machinery type sound, almost like um what you would hear from a Frank and a Kim Shimia song. It's very mm-hmm. kind of this heavy electronic y, very um minimal, very just experimental type hip hop, but it works really well. And Eonjun is just so talented when he just when he's rapping over these types of sounds. And I was surprised because his first album under the Boiling Point Project, there really wasn't any of these types of noisy type sounds. But I think in this new album that he's preparing for, I really think that he's going for these types of sounds a lot more consistently, and I'm really excited for that because I really Mm -hmm. love these types of experimental, you know, heavy Mm. electronic kind of Mm. drum kind of bass sounds, and I don't know, it Mm. it might not appeal to anybody like a lot of people or for the masses because it's kind of it definitely it's (laughs) it's kind of an acquired taste, but take a chance on it Mm. because I. This this cat is really talented. He can not only rap, but he's actually a good vocalist. Like he can actually sing, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and the other single that he has has hit, has a lot more of the vocals. But in terms of just the overall cadence, the sound, the production behind to it, over adaptation is mm-hmm. a song that people should uh take a listen to because Jun. Oh, he he's he's beginning to uh, rise up, and he's becoming mm. slowly becoming one of my kind of the rising rookies. Yeah. As a uh in the Korean hip hop scene, so definitely check out Eunjin's over adaptation.
2: Um, I think
1: the double single that dropped isn't going to be included in his I album. I don't think so. From what I know. Yeah. yeah, but like I think it shows a general direction at which is going, and honestly, like if there's anything like these double samples like he has an like album of the y aoty contender Mm. so yeah definitely check him out for sure
0: well that's all the time we have for today but please do comment and let us know your thoughts on the producers this season and just this kind of i guess experimenting with this ballad genre and if you enjoyed today's episode please go and subscribe to our podcast on all platforms and please give us that five star rating if you want more k-hip-hop contents. Go check out Daytona's Instagram at MYK underscore Daytona for K-Hip-Hop album reviews and also follow our social media page at soul underscore therapy. Thank you guys so much and see you guys next time. Peace.
1: Peace.